Today's daf is Ksubis daf kuf zayin, and we are two lines from the bottom of daf kuf vav amidays. The two dots mi shaholach lemdina sayom. Today's daf is being learned to ilu nishmas chayim alaza ben yibadol chayim reb shem shenariy, and as a schus refuah shalema for zcharia shalom ben batsheva simcha. So we're in the thirteenth and final parak of Masachtas Ksubis, which began with a Ksubis Halacha, but with an introduction to the Ksubis Halacha. The introduction was, There were two Dainik Zeroys that lived in Yerushalayim, Admoin the Chanan ben Avshalim. Admoin and Chanan, the son of Avishalim. And then the Mishnah went on to tell us one of two controversial Halachas that Chanan paskened. And that halacha, which is aksubis the halacha, was mentioned briefly in the Mishnah and is going to be the topic of today's stuff. So what was the halacha? Misha halach sayom. If a man went to medina sayom, he left his wife behind. His wife needs food to support herself. A husband has an obligation to support his wife. According to most Rishonim, it's a biblical obligation. It says in the Torah, in Parshas Mishpatim, when the Torah is talking about the mitzvah of Yud, that a husband who was miyayed, his Oma Avriya, has an obligation to provide her with She'er Ksus Enoina. She'er means Mizoinus, and according to most Rishonim, that obligation isn't only true for a Yud, Ishus, but it's true for all Ishus. So a man has an obligation to support his wife. So this man went to Medina Sayyam and he left a wife behind. She was being supported on a daily basis, a weekly basis, and she's being Teveh Mazoinus. Chanan said, Tishava Tishava For sure, Bezdin is going to go into the Nechassim of the husband and provide her with Mazoinus. However, Chanan's Chiddush was that the woman does not have to swear. Why would you think she has to swear? Because as we'll see in today's daf, it was actually customary that a man that went to Medina Sayyam would make arrangements before he left for his wife to have mezoinus. Because assuming, like the Rishonim speak out, that this couple is happily married, so the man knows that his wife is going to need food, and he wouldn't just forsake her like that. So there's a good reason to be concerned that maybe before the man left he made some sort of arrangement for example maybe he gave her some cash some money that she'll have for the amount of time that he's going to be away it's like this she'll be able to get whatever she needs and for that reason there would have been a havamina that maybe if she's going to now take from the nechassim of her husband she has to swear that her husband didn't make any prior arrangements and that was Hanan's Chiddush Tishava yeah she has to swear but only besoif at the end, what's at the end? In the event that we find out that this man died and now she wants to collect her ksuba, that she could only collect with a shvua per a Mishnah that we had earlier in the Mesechta on Daf Pezayin Amad Aleph, when she's going to swear that she's entitled to her ksuba, she'll also swear Lemafreya that all the Mazayinah she took, she was entitled to take. But at the onset, when she's coming to collect the Mazayinahs, at that point in time, she does not need a shvur. The sons of the Kehanim G'daylam argued with Hanan, they said, Incorrect. No, if a woman wants to collect Mazayinahs right now, she needs to swear. It was so customary for a man to make arrangement for his wife before he we went to Medina Sayyam that if right now she 
she's going to want to try to get Mezayinus, the only way she's going to be able to get it is with a Shvur. And then the Gemara said that there were later Tanoim that were Machriya. Amr Rav Doisav and Horkinus Kedivrayim. I hold like the Bnei Kehanim Gedolim. Amr Rav Yechel Ben Zakkai Yofa Amr Chanan. I hold like Chanan. Loiti Shava Ela Besayf. So the halach of the Mishnah, which is going to be the backdrop of the entire daf, so we have to get this clear, is that a man went to Medina Sayyam, he left a wife behind. A man has an obligation to provide his wife with mezainas. He's not here now to provide her with those mezainas. Bezdin goes into the nechassim of the man, takes the money, gives it to his wife. Machloikis Tanoim, Machloik is amongst the Grace Dayanim, whether she has to swear or she doesn't have to swear. So for sure she's going to get it. The question is, will she have to swear or will she not have to swear? At some point she'll have to swear. But the question is, does she have to swear at the onset? Right now, does she have to swear? What would she even swear? What would be the Nusach of the Shvua? That before my husband left, he didn't make any arrangements for me to have what I need. And as we'll see in today's daf, that apparently was the custom. So really, to a degree, the Metzias is working against her. So it's for that reason, you could hear, maybe if she's going to collect, there has to be a Shvua. That was a major debate amongst the Tanoim. Today's daf is going to begin with a Machloikis Amoyroim, which is very, very much related to this idea. Zokti Gemara, Misha Halach Dimdina Sayyam, Itmar, Rav Amarav said, Poiskim is Oinois, Le'eshes Ish. Rav said that if a man goes to Medina Sayyam and he leaves a wife behind, Bezdin will go into the Nechassim of the man to take the necessary money to buy mezoinois to make sure that his wife is supported. The Shmuel, Shmuel said, Incorrect. Bezdin will not go into a person's nechassim to take the money to buy the mezoinois for this woman that was left behind. Now, obviously, you can't even read the next line of Gemara before we speak out what the Gemara is going to speak out in the course of the sugya. That is... Shmuel seems to be going Kenega the Mishnah. We just went through the Mishnah once and then we chazed it over again. And that is, it's clear in the Mishnah that Bezin does go into the Nechassim of a man who went to Medina Sayyam to make sure that his wife is going to be supported. Ashayla, mitashvua, anashvua. But for sure, poiskim mezoinus leishesish. But at the onset of our sugya, it's really a machlikis amayra. Rav said, poiskim mezoinus leishesish. Shmuel said, ain't poiskim mezoinus leishesish. How could Shmuel say something that seems to be so blatantly not like our Mishnah? The Gemara is going to ask the question. But first, the Gemara clarifies the machlikis. Amra Shmuel, Shmuel said, moidali Abba. Abba was Rav's real name. So Shmuel said that Abba, Rav was moidali during the first three months after the man went to Medina Sayyam, the Bach adds the words, that for sure we do not go into the man's nechassim to give anything to the wife. What's the reason? Because when a man goes away, he definitely doesn't leave the house empty. So the pantries are going to be full, the refrigerator is going to be full, the wine cellar is going to be stocked. If a man goes away, there's no question he's going to leave some food behind. As a result, for the first three months, she has what she needs. There's no reason for Bezdin to start exercising power of attorney and Hefker Bezdin Hefker and start freezing his assets to make sure that she's going to have all the miscellaneous that she needs. So the first First three months, we assume that she's well taken care of. Number one. Number two. If we would find out that this man, that's Medina Sayyam, died, meaning he died somewhere in Medina Sayyam, there too there would be no machloikas between Rav and Shmuel. 
Meaning everybody would agree that what? Rashi, one word, the paiskin. That for sure we would go into the nechassim of this man and we, we would take care of his wife. Why? So that we'll see in a few moments. Keep pligi. What was the machlekes Rav and Shmuel? Where we did not hear that he died. Meaning as far as we know, he's on a business trip and he's doing well. At the same time, he left a wife behind and she's being tevem as And the question is, do we go into his nechassim or do we not go into his nechassim? That's the machlekes Rav and Shmuel. Rav says, yeah, Shmuel says no. And the Explains. Rav, I'm a Paiskin. Rav says that we go into the Nechassim of the man, He has a she, but he has an obligation to support her. Even if you hold it to Rabbanim, but for sure there's a she, but he has an obligation. His Nechassim are Meshubid, and as a result, Bezdin will confiscate the Nechassim to make sure she's going to get what she needs. The Shmuel, Amar, ain't Paiskin. Shmuel, however, holds ain't Paiskin. My time, what's Pshan and Shmuel? So, Machlik is Rav Zvid, Amar, Rav Zvid said, because we're concerned, like we just said, that maybe the man, before he left to Medina Sayyam, he gave her some money to take care of her. And like we've mentioned, that was the usual and customary process. So as a result, we're concerned that maybe that's what happened. Therefore, she probably has what she needs. And if she has what she needs, me Suffolk, we're not going to be mighty mommin from the estate of the man. And as a result, we're not going to support her. Papa said it's a different reason. Chayshina, we're concerned. Shema Amalo, maybe before he left, he told her, Tzi'i maisei he might have told her, listen, I'm going away right now and I'm not going to be able to support you. Well, guess what? I'm usually entitled to your Maisiyadayim. I give you Mazayinus. It's a good arrangement, but it's a good arrangement when I'm here. I'm not going to be here now. I'm not going to be able to support you. So you know what? See Maisiyadayim, Bimzayinusayim. Why don't you just keep your Maisiyadayim for this time period and I'm not going to support you? Now, the emphasis is Machlaikis Amayiroim. We've seen this throughout the Masechta, whether a man can say Tzim Maisi Yodayich B'mazoy Nesayich. But Rashi seems to bypass that Machloikis. Rashi says, Chayshinu Tshema Omala Tzim Maisi Yodayich B'mazoy Nesayich V'kibla Oleh. Maybe that's what he told her, and she was Mechabalit. And again, let's just think common sense. It's reasonable that something like this might have happened, because... He's going to tell her, our usual arrangements are not going to work right now. So it's possible that he said, and even that he can't force her into that arrangement. If she accepts it, of course it is going to be an effect. And as a result, he doesn't owe her anything right now. So Shmuel says, two reasons. Rav Zvid said, we're concerned maybe it's Papa said, maybe What's the nafkimina between the two pshatim? So the Gemara says, nafkimina would be gedayla. If she was a gedayla, meaning the woman who was left behind, this married woman is a gedayla. But at the same time, she doesn't earn that much money. If she's a gedayla, there's a concern. Sorry, atvasa. A man that's married to a ketana probably is not going to leave her with a bundle of cash. If she's a gedayla, then it's possible she will. So if the reason that Ein Poiskin is because of Tzari Atvesel, she's a gedayla. As a result, that's a kshash. However, if the reason is, if the woman was a loy safka, she didn't have the ability to support herself, well, in that case, there's no chashash that he might have said, Inami, another nafkimina would be ketana, if she's a ketana, so that there's no chashash tzariyat vasa, but she earns enough money, even though she's a ketana, so there is a concern that he might have said, the bottom line is, the only time there's a concern of tzariyat is if she's a ketana, the only time there's a concern of tzariyat is if she was so you want to know what the nafkamina would be if she's either a gdoyla or she's a ketana safka. Bottom line, we have a machloikis between Rav and Shmuel. 
A man went to Medina Sayyam, he left his wife behind. Rav says, We go into the Nechassim of this man to make sure that his wife, who was left behind, will be supported. Bezdin does not have the right to go into the man's Nechassim to make sure that she is going to be supported. My time of the Shmuel, two reasons. Rav Zvid said, Before he left, there's a good chance that he might have given her money to support herself. As a result, she does not need any money for support, although she's claiming she is, but she really doesn't. Rapapa said that it's very mistaber that before he left, he made an arrangement of and even according to the shitas that hold that he can't force her to do it. But Vikibla like Rashi says, maybe she accepted it. And again, if that's the case, he doesn't owe her any mezoinus, and therefore Bezdem Misafik would not have the right to go into his nechasim. Now, the Gemara qualified the Machloikis Rav and Shmuel in two ways. Number one, Shmuel said, The first three months after the man goes away, we're not having this conversation. For sure, everybody agrees. Why? Because we assume for sure that when the man left, there was food there. The question is, when the food in the house starts running dry, three months later, at that point, that's when we have to be concerned. But the Gemara qualified the Machloikis a second time. And this second qualification is going to repeat itself now from here until the end of the daf several times. And that is, if we find out that this man died in Medina Sayyam, everybody is going to agree the meaning the whole Shita Shmuel is only true if, as far as we know, the man is still alive. But if we find out that he died, and the Pashtus is, Taisa speaks out, we found out because there were two Aden. We'll see in the course of the Gemara how Tesis knew that. But we found out because two Adam actually said that he died. In that case, even Shmuel's going to agree that Poiskin Mezoinus Leishasesh. Now, what's the reason for that? So Rashi speaks out, it's the second Rashi on the Omid, a little bit of a long Rashi, that now that we understand Shita Shmuel, we could understand why Shmuel would not have said his halacha, What's Pshat and Shmuel? Why does Shmuel hold Ein Poiskin Mezoinus Leishasesh? Machloikis Ramayra, Machloikis Ravzvin and Rapapa. So let's go through each sheet individually. Ravzvin said, Because we're not going to just go ahead and give her money. Maybe, and not just maybe, it's Mistaber that before he left, he gave her Sorry, he gave her some money, and as a result, she has whatever she needs for her mezoinus. So Rashi says that Shmuel holds that once the man dies, at this point, she's anyways going to come collect her ksuba. Now, she's going to collect her ksuba from the assignment. What is her shvua going to be? There was no tsari atvasa. Oh, so this woman, anyways, we know is just in a matter of moments going to be standing in court swearing that her husband didn't give her a tsari, a suitcase full of money to address the fact that he has a chiv ksuba. No, at that point, will tell her to swear that there was no tsari atvaso with regards to the mezoinus either. So even though ordinarily Shmuel is not a big proponent of saying that although there's a chash tsari atvaso, let her take it, albeit with a shvua, but being that here anyways there's going to be a shvua, mitzat achiv ksuba, so we'll make her swear that as well. So tsari atvaso will not get in the way of us giving her mezoinus once we find out he dies. If, as far as we know, he's alive, so there's no pending shvua. So to create a shvua and allow her with this shvua to go take mezoinus, Shmuel doesn't hold of that. But 
being that here, she anyways is going to end up swearing that she's entitled to Ksuba, and the Shfu is going to be that there was no Tzari Atvisa. So, no, we might as well just wait a little bit and let her swear that there was no Tzari Atvisa regarding the Mazayinus either, and today already, we're going to end up giving her the Mazayinus. As it relates to Rapapas, Chashash, Rapapas said that the reason Shmuel holds ain't Poiski Mazayinus Leishnus Ish is because Chashin and Shemel Amr Latsi Maisi Adaych Mazayinus Aich, so Rashi says that's Pasha, that's only a Chashash as long as he's alive. But once he dies, her support that she's getting is not anymore from him, it's from the assignment. So even if he would have said, see Maisi Adaych Mazayinus Aich, but that has nothing to do with the fact that the assignment have an obligation to support her. Some amount of Shach, she's Entitled to Mazayinus, and because Mamanav Shach, she's entitled to Mazayinus, so it's for that reason Shmuel is going to be Maida, Bishashamu, Boishemes, that there's no problem. So the Machlaikis Rav and Shmuel is only if, as far as we know, this man is alive. But if we hear that he died at that point, at that point, even Shmuel's going to be Maida, so let's revisit the Machlaikis Rav and Shmuel, that we understand this a little more clearly. So we have a Machlaikis Rav and Shmuel, a man that went to Medina Sayyam, he left his wife behind, she's being Tevea Mazayinus. Rav says, Shmuel says, To the extent that we know that the man died, there's no machlekes. Everybody would agree, The whole machlekes, Rav and Shmuel, meaning the whole shita Shmuel, that ain't is only to the extent that as far as we know, this man is still alive. Now the Gemara is going to ask, First, the obvious question, and then the Gemara is going to fire away with a whole bunch of questions on Shmuel. So it's interesting, because sometimes when you learn a sugya, machlik is Rav and Shmuel. So what's the Gemara going to do? You know what the Gemara is going to do. We've learned enough sugyas, Baruch Hashem. The Gemara is going to start firing away with this Tashma and that Tashma. And very often in a Tashma diga sugya, so you have... Rias to one shita, then you have rias to the other shita, a kasha to this shita, a kasha to that shita, a lemeketanoi, afananami tomina. This sugya is going to be very, very one-sided. Every kasha is going to be a kasha on Shmuel. Shmuel is the moitze mechavera in this sugya, and it's all of haraya to explain his position, which at first glance, as we said, you can't even read. He holds a poiskim as And again, the first obvious kasha is under the Mishnah. And the Mishnah said, Mishnah lechem didas, a man went to didas, a yom, and his wife is being tevea mezoinus. Chanan said, we're going to give her mezoinus. She's going to have to swear. However, she doesn't swear now. When she ends up collecting her ksuba, at that point she'll also swear that there was no tzariyat and that she was entitled to the mezayinus. That they have to swear betchilo, they have to swear besoif as well. was only with regards to tishava betchilo or tishava besoif. But as it relates to mezayinus, yavinala, everybody agrees yavinala. The mishnah is mafurish she gets the mezoinus. The caveat on the Mishnah is that she has to swear, and a machlekes. Does she swear betchila? Does she swear besoit? A bekula al maloi pligi that she is entitled to mezoinus. It's a bomb kashan on Shmuel. Now that we understand Shmuel shita a little bit better, that's why it was kedai to go through the first part of the daf a little 
more carefully. Now that we know Shmuel Shita, it's not such a kasha. Tirgam is Shmuel, but Shisham of Shemes. Shmuel is might if we find out that he died, that Poiskelam is because both Chashashis, Sai Emetzari Atvaso, and Sai Chashina, maybe he said, Simai Sidai from Zainasayach, are not applicable, like Rashi spoke out on the top of the Yaman. So being that those two Chashashis are not applicable over there, he's might the Poiskelam is Zainas. We'll make an akimt in the Mishnah. The Mishnah is talking about Misha Allah, Bailam Dina Sayom, Vishamu Boishemes. It's a major league Akimta. But it's an Akimta, and that's the way Shmuel is going to explain the Mishnah. Toshma. So the Mishnah is not a Raya, although it feels like a Raya to Rav, but truth is, you could get out of it. But I have a Bryce, and the Bryce says a little more than the Mishnah does, as it always does. And from the extra verbiage in the Bryce, I think there is a Raya, not like Shmuel. So far, Almost verbatim the Mishnah, albeit the Shittas notice are in the reverse order. What happens if the man came to Bezden, came back from Dinasayam, he arrived back from his, his voyage, and he says that before I left, I gave my wife Mazoinus, Nemon. The halach is, he's believed. Now, why is he believed? So, the man came, and he said that, you know, all this time, I was that you were going into my nechassim and taking mezoinus from my wife, it was not okay. Because before I left, I had given her mezoinus. And Allah says he's believed. And Rashi says, you know what it means? He's believed. She's actually going to have to return everything that Bezdin gave her. Because he's believed to say that I made arrangements before I left. Meaning, either it's or maybe he said, but he's believed to say that he made arrangements. Now, two things. Rashi speaks at Ubeshvua. The only time he's believed is if he swears. You can't just say it. You have to mean it. You have to own it. The way you own it in the times of Chazal was with a shvua. So you're going to have to swear. That's number one. Taisa speaks out that why is it so posh that he's believed? It's because of what we've mentioned throughout the daf. It's because that's what people used to do. So the Metzius is actually in his favor. And as a result, Allah says he's going to be believed. But what's the kasha? If the whole sheet of Shmuel, or the only time Shmuel holds that we would ever go into the nechassim of a man to support his wife, is b'sheshamu b'shamei, so how did he just walk into Bezden? V'imbava amar pasakti la mezoinus. Now, in our Mishnah, it doesn't say anything about him ever showing up. But in the Brayshna, there's an extra line. And in that line, the man's alive. So if he's alive, obviously he didn't die. So the Gemara says, not true. It's talking about that he did die. It says he walked into Bezdin. So the Gemara says, Yeah, we had heard that he died. Turns out it was a false rumor. See the end of Masachtas Yavamis for further uh, reading. But the point is, there is such a Metzias. And as a result, Hachabimayaskina, where he died, and it's for that reason Bezdin went into his Nechassim. Well, it turns out he was alive. He said, Pasakti la Mazaynis, Talach is Neman, with a Shvotashma, another Raya. To Rab, another Kashan Shmuel, again from a A man went to Bdina Sayam, and the woman is Pinta, there, Mizoinois, in. That's the right girl. In Bava Amar, if he comes back and he says, He says that, you know, I had said, And it sounds a little bit like, even if he says now, is, It's okay. This is something that if he wants to say, he's allowed to say. Meaning, there was a man that went to Bedina Sayam. His wife wanted Mazoinus. So what she did was, that's the way Tosis explains this part of the Brisa. She went and she borrowed money 
because she needed to support herself. Now the husband showed up and she says, you know, I have an outstanding loan because I've been taking care of myself for the last few months. I'd like you to pay my loan. You had a responsibility to support me. You didn't pay it. He says, well, you know what? I haven't been in for the last few months. During that time period, you've been earning a living. I know you have a good job. Take the money that you earn and pay off the loan by yourself. So if he wants to say that Rashoi, he's allowed to do it. If Bezdin, however, would go into his estate and they would take the money to support her, meaning she didn't borrow the money on her own. She went through the court system. She went to Bezdin, Bezdin went into the Nechassim, Bezdin took his Nechassim, took care of her. Then the Allah is Masha Pasku Pasku. He can't say, The reason is because once Bezdin does something, you can't just unwind something that Bezdin did. But what's the kasha? The kasha is that, again, Bezdin seems to be going into this man's nechassim to support his wife. And again, the man's alive. How do you know he's alive? Because he walked into Bezdin. And he said, According to Shmuel, the only time Bezdin will ever go into a man's nechassim that went to Medina Sayyam is Bishashamu Bashamez. But the Gemara says, No, it's the price is talking about. We really, we heard that he died. Aye, the Gemara doesn't speak it out here. The Gemara spoke it out in the previous Tashma. If we heard he died, why is he alive? Because obviously, the Adam that had said he died, we're not telling the truth. Tashma, no, they're right. So Bezdin goes into his nechassam, the zonin, um mefarnes and the ishtoy. And there is zon and the mefarnes, this man's wife, meaning they take care of all her needs. Avaloi bonov ubnois. However, they do not take care of the needs of his sons and his daughters. Veloi davarachar. Additionally, they don't take care of davarachar. We'll see what that is. So what's the Gemara's kasha? Again, Misha halachem dinasayam, the ishta tevas mezoinois, Bezdin yardin le nechassam. So you see clearly that Bezdin goes into the person's nechassam, his zonin, mefarnes and the ishtoy. And they take care of his wife. So it's a kasha on Shmuel. Now, why didn't the Gemara just answer what it answered for the first three kashas on Shmuel? It's talking about the Shashamu Bayshemes. So the Rishonim speak out that the reason the Gemara is not going to say that now is because this Brisa also said that we don't support Banov Ubnoisav. Now, if the man is alive, we understand why we're not going to support Banov Ubnoisav. And the reason is because a man has an obligation to support his wife counterintuitively, he does not have an obligation to support It was a discussion of one of the Takonis Usha on Daf Memtes on Mibiz. But it's not something that he's obligated to do. So we would understand the distinction. Support your wife, that's something you have to do, not Banovubnoisov. But if it's talking about that he died, once he dies, what happens? Banovubnoisov Yarshinim, the Bonova, Yarshim, Habonis Yuzoinu, and even if they're Ktanim, so Bezdin will be Maimed and Apatropis, and Apatropis is going to take care of them. So if the Braisa says, Avaloi Bonovubnoisov, Zoisoi Meres, that's the equivalent of saying that this man is really alive. And still it says, Bezdin Yardin Lenachasa, Vizanim of Arnison Lishtoi. So this is Akashan Shmuel. Which you can't answer the way we answered the previous three kashas. But the Gemara says, you have to say it different times. Some Rav Sheshit, Rav Sheshit said, This Bryce was talking about a very unique case. With this man, before he went to Medina Sayyam, he appointed a Shlish. Meaning, he appointed uh, someone that he knows, someone that he trusts, and he said, please support my wife. So because he appointed the Shlish, over here, Bezin would be your Lunachasa. So there's two things we need to speak out. Both things Rashi speaks out. Number one, if Bezdin appointed a shlish, so why are we having this conversation? Shouldn't the shlish just be doing what he's supposed to do? So Rashi says, the of Moshech on Apetropis, the shlish, the Apetropis is not doing his job. That's just the Metzias. 
Okay, that's number one. Number two, just because Bezdin appointed a shlish, if right now the shlish, just because the husband appointed the shlish, if right now the shlish is not doing his job, and right now Bezdin needs to be yared l'nechasov, if Shmuel Shita is that Bezdin is not yared l'nechasov, so why all of a sudden is it different? Why does the fact that this man was Masha shlish impact anything? So here too, Rashi speaks out, it's because Zilbasa time. What was the reason that Shmuel Shita was, that Bezdin is not going to go into a person's lechasa to support his wife. It was for one of two reasons. Either because we're concerned maybe he gave her a suitcase before he left, or number two, it's because maybe he said, Well, in this instance, we know neither one of those things happened. How do we know that? Because we know what the man did to address his wife's parnasa. He was master of shlish. Why would he give her a tsurari if he was master of shlish? If he was Masha Shlish, for sure he didn't say, So in this case, you don't have either one of Rav Zvid or Rav Papa's Taimim in Shmuel. And we have a situation where the Shlish is not doing his job, so Bezdin will be Paisik Mazayis. But either way, that's what Rav Shesha said is going to be the Ikim. The Faith Ihachi, if it's talking about where he was Masha Shlish, then why don't we assume that the same husband was also. Masha Ashlish to support Banavub Noisov. So, why does the Bryce say that they're not supported? So, the Gemara says, Apashta Teres, Kisha Hishul Azubali, Hishul Azub. No, the Mitzvah is where he appointed Ashlish to take care of his wife, but he didn't appoint Ashlish to take care of Banavub Noisov. The Gemara says, Well, my Pascha, why would you make such a funny Akimta? Like, basically, we have a Bryce that we just made an Akimta to explain, where the Akimta is that a man went to Medina Sayyam, he appointed an Apotropos to take care of his wife, he didn't appoint an Apotropos to take care of his children, thus the halacha is that if the Apotropos withdraws, mefarnesin le'ishtoi avaloi bonovu b'noisav. The halacha is not really the halacha in a vacuum, it's the halacha just based on an Akimta. So why would we make this Oikimta. Like, why would we make an Oikimta that the Bryce is talking about that the man was Mashallah Shlish for his wife, not Mashallah Shlish for Bonavub Noisav? The cash is not on the Gemara. The cash is on the Tana of the Bryce. Why would the Tana of the Bryce talk this way? Now, Toysfus asks that I don't understand the Gemara's kasha. A man is obligated to support his wife. He's not obligated to support Bonavub Noisav. So maybe that's why the Tana of the Bryce was discussing a man who went to Medina Sayyam. He knows he has a responsibility to support his wife. He doesn't have an obligation to support Bonavub Noisav. Thus, he was Mashal Shlish for Ishtai, not for Bonavub Noisav. I ain't Toysav. But the bottom line is because it is Kasha, Elam Rapap, Rapap, and you have to say a different shot in the Bryce. Kishishamu Boishamais Be'ed Echad. The Bryce is also talking about where we heard that he died. But we heard he died al Now we spoke out right when we started this Tashma that here the Gemara is not going to answer And the reason we said that is because if it's talking about then why are Banavu Benoisim not supported? If the man died, then his children now, Yarshin, as a result, Bezin would have to appoint an Apotropos. Again, this man went to Medina Sayyam, his wife is being Teveh Mezoinis, Bezin is going to support the wife, they're not going to support the children. It's a Shmuel. You're making a kimta that he died? Well, if he died, why are we not supporting the children? The Teretz says, it's talking about where he died, but we heard he died al yedei in Eid Echad. He, Zoktigimar, she, the Ibayas in Tzubi Beit Echad, but she wants to get married based on the Eid Sven Echad. Those are the sugis in the end of Yavamis. We know she would be able to get married. Be Eidos Isha, he kilu that Eid Echad is going to be believed. So, Mazoyin in Nami we're going to give him Mazoyin is also based on the Eid Echad. So, the Eid Echad works for her because being that she can get married based on the Eid Echad, that's the Dabar Chamor, for sure it's going to work for 
for her mezoyness and all these halachis, and therefore all the mominous stuff is also going to fall into place. Her children, where the halach is that if an enechad comes and says a man dies, the children don't yarshin, because the Yechud only works for the Isha, but it doesn't work for the children, the Yarshim, they're not going to get the Mazayinus either. So Laila was talking about where we heard that he died. That's why, according to Shmuel, Bezdin is Poiskim Mazayinus to this woman, because you don't have the Chashash of Tzari Atvisa, you don't have the Chashash of Tzim Ha'isitayk Mazayinus Eich, like Rashi spoke out on the top of the Yom. The Kasha was, if he died, then the children should also get a Yerusha. The Territ says, we found that he died with an Eidechad, not with two Eidem. The Eidechad works for her, the Eidechad doesn't work for them. Either way, going back to the Brysa, so the Brysa said, this man went to Medina Sayyam, his wife wants Mazayinus, Bezin takes care of his wife, the Banu Vubnaisav want Mazayinus, Bezin's not going to take care of the Banu Vubnaisav. Now Bezin will take care of the Banu Vubnaisav through tzedakah funds and in other means, but we can't go to the father's Nechassim and take for Banu Vubnaisav, that's just not okay lahalacha. Additionally, Bezdin is not going to take money for Dabarachar. So the Gemara says, My Dabarachar, Rav Chizd, Rav Chizd said, Tachshit. That if she wants jewelry, she wants Tachshitim, she wants Besamim, she wants things to make her look nice, that we're not going to take money for. Parnasa, yeah, but that not. Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yosef said, Tzedakah. What it means is, if there's a campaign of some sort and Bezdin is going around and collecting money from everybody. You can't take money from this person. That's Medina Sayyam. So the Gemara says, Mandama, Tachshit, Mandama. That says that we wouldn't take for her Tachshit in Kolshkein Stokka. Certainly we wouldn't take for Stokka. Mandama, Tachshit, Mandama said Stokka, Aval Tachshit, Yavinullah. But could be Tachshit, we would give her meaning. The Mandama that said, Dover Acha means Stokka, he probably didn't say Tachshit because he holds she does get Tachshit. Why do I need to love Because he probably doesn't want that she should be Minuval. There's an umdana that he probably wants his wife to have all the tachshitan that she needs, and therefore Bezdin would give her the tachshitan. Another tashma. Hayavama, ayavama. Shloishim chadashim arishayim. So, ayavama, Reuven and Shimon are brothers. Reuven is married, he dies, he leaves over no children. So he leaves over now a wife. This wife is the yavama. Talach is for the first three months after her husband dies, She's not allowed to get married. The reason is because of hafchan. So you can't do yibum during those three months. Being that you can't do yibum, you also can't do chalitza. Because kol yibum, chalitza. Which means that for a three-month period, she's sort of stuck. She's an aguna. She can't get married. So based on that, Dr. Bryce, so a yavama for the first three months after the man died, she gets supported by her late husband. The reason is because she's stuck right now. She can't get married. She can't get married because of her late husband. She has no way to take care of herself or like, find another man to take care of her. And as a result, so the nechassim of the Baal need to take care of her. Once three months pass, the husband doesn't have an obligation. The late husband to support her, because he's not restricting her anymore from being able to get married. The Yavam also doesn't, because at this point, even though he's a shtickle getting in the way, but not enough to obligate him to support her. Meaning a husband has a chiv to support, but even a husband, it's only after Nesuin. So the fact that there's a zika is certainly not enough of a seba for him to have to support her. So there's no obligation. Ahmad bedinu barach, what a bezdim paskin. This man... The time has come, he giyaz man, you have to do either Yibam or Chalitza. And he was Barach, he ran for his life. So then, Dalach is Nizaynis Mishal Yavam. Bezdin will go into this Yavam's estate, take Mizaynis, and give it to his wife. What's the Kasha? 
This feels like Rav, not Shmuel. It's not the same case, but it's Me'inyan Le'inyan Ba'is Inyan. We have a Yavam that was Halach Medina Sayam. He was Barach Medina Sayam. But this Yavam ran away. He doesn't have anything to do with this situation. And now Bezin's going into his Nechassim and supporting his wife. So the Gemara's Kasha is that according to Shmuel, that even if a married man would go away, Bezin would never go into his Nechassim to support the wife. You would think, if a Yavam was Barach, we would never do this. But the Gemara says, Shmuel, Shmuel saying, this doesn't necessarily have to be logical. You can't make Kalvachimers there. It's not something you darshan with the Yudgim Omidish and It's something you have to understand the underlying reason. So Shmuel's going to tell you, What are you worried about? We had two Svaras why Shmuel holds a Paiskimazoinish We had Rav Zvid and Rav Papa. Are you worried about Srari? The reason you don't want to go into the Nechassim of the Yavim that just ran away is because you think this Yavim, maybe before he ran for his life, gave her some money and said, take care of yourself? Like Mikravadaite. It doesn't sound like that's what happened, Lagaba. Certainly, they're not married, so even if you don't want to read too much into the Barach part of the narrative. But regardless, a Yavim and a Yavama, they're not close enough that you would assume that something like this would ever happen. And Imisho Maisia Dev. Oh, you think maybe he said, see Maisia Daichmzainisaichle He's not entitled to her Maisia Daim. So both Cheshoshes are not applicable. And being that both Cheshoshes are not applicable, just like Bishashamu Boishemais, where both Cheshoshes are not applicable, we said it's not a problem here too, it's not going to be a problem either. Toshma, we're not finished. A woman went together with her husband to Medina Sayyam. Ubas Farma, she came back, he didn't. And she said, Mezbaili, my husband died when we were in Medina Sayyam. She's believed. One of the Chidusha Medina is that not only is the Nerechad believed, even a woman who's ordinarily Pasal Eidus is believed, and even the woman herself is believed to say that my own husband died. Okay, Ratzasan is Zainus, Ratzasan and at this point, she's entitled to be supported by the assignment. So if she wants Mezainus, she can get Mezainus. If she wants, she can be Gaiver Aksuba. Now, why is it other, other? Right? Why does she have to make a decision? Like, why does she have to choose between Mezainus and Ksuba? Because once she collects Ksuba, she doesn't get her Mezainus anymore. So, really, it's her decision. You want Mezainus? No problem. We believe you. Your husband died. You're entitled to all the Mezainus. If you want to collect your Ksuba, no worries. But learn Ksubas first and understand that that's going to come at the expense of giving up your Mezainus. We need the next case. What if the woman said, My husband divorced me? So, a woman comes back from Dina Sayyam and she says, My husband gave me a get. That's why he didn't come back with me, because he divorced me. So the Allah is misparnesses for Hilachas ad kedek subasa. So she gets supported up until the value of her ksuba. So she's allowed to get supported, but only up until the value of the ksuba. Now, a woman is believed to say that my husband died, but a woman is not believed to say that my husband divorced me. So in theory, she's not really believed to say that my husband divorced me. But at the same time, she could collect Mezoinus. Why? Because if her husband didn't divorce her, then at the very least, she's going to be entitled to her Mezoinus. Stating that she can't collect more than her Ksuba amount, because once she says Gershani Baili, She's acknowledging, admitting, that she's no longer entitled to Mazinus. Now, although she's saying, I'm no longer entitled to Mazinus, but it's with a shtickle caveat. I'm not entitled to Mazinus, but I am entitled to Ksuba. So the Allah ends up being that she can collect Mazinus up until the value of the Ksuba, right? Because Mamon of Shachtat she's entitled to. If you believe her, Gershani Baili, so you give me my Ksuba anyway, so she gives me one shot. And if you don't believe me, Gershani Baili, give me Mazinus. 
albeit up until the value of the Ksuba. Why can't she get Mizoinus more than the Ksuba? So Limar is going to speak it out in a second. But it's because I does Vadin Kimeyedim because she already admit that she's divorced. So therefore, she's not entitled to Mizoinus anymore. Even a Grusha is not like an Amano who's Nizoinus Minechse Yisayinim, right? So once she's divorced, she's not entitled to Mizoinus anymore. She is entitled to Ksuba. So therefore, the Alachas Mispar Nesesis Vailechas Akkidei Ksubasa. But what's the Kasha? The kasha is that here you have a, a woman that said Gershani Baili, and the halacha is Mispar Neseses Vahilechas Ad Kedek Subasa. of Shach, we say she gets Mezoinus. Why does Mimon of Shach she get Mezoinus? If her husband's alive, we shouldn't give her the Mezoinus. I mean, in the first case, she said and she said Mez Baili. Okay, I understand why she gets supported from the next day Simon. But in Gershani Baili, over there, the husband's alive. So if the husband's uh, alive, why is it that the halacha is that she's Mispar Neseses Vahilechas? Just to explain this a little bit better. We're saying that when she says Gershani Baili, she's not really believed to say Gershani Baili. But at the same time, we're going to give her Mazoinus. The reason we're going to give her Mazoinus is because of a Mammon of Shach. Because if it's true that the husband divorced her, she's entitled to the Ksuba. And if it's not true that the husband divorced her, she's entitled to Mazoinus. That's where the Gemara is asking. It's no, that part of the Mammon of Shach is in this. Because although if the husband's alive, he's chayv to support her, but we're never going to go into the Nechassim. Because that's Shulshita. Or maybe the Gemara's Kasha is that why is Ms. Parnassess It's talking about here too, where we heard that he died. The case of Gershani Baili is talking about where the man died. So she said, I got divorced, and then afterwards we heard he died. So being that Mimonavshach, he's not alive anymore, so Mimonavshach, she gets supported. Here the Mimonavshach plays itself out. Because on the side that you don't believe me that Gershani Baili, well, that my husband died. If my husband died, Mimonavshach, I'm entitled, and it's for that reason we're going to support her. So the Gemara asks, if it's talking about that we heard that he died, then why could she only get Mazinus up until the Kitek Subasa? She should be entitled to full blown Mazinus. A modern Mazinus Assignment. She said Gershani Baile. She wasn't believed to say Gershani Baile. So if it's talking about Shashama Baishemes, so she should be entitled to everything. So here the Gemara speaks out what we spoke at. It's the Yuhitav Because once she said Gershani Baile, it's like a Hoydas, Badin Edem Dami, that my husband. Gave me a get. Once the husband gives her a get, at that point, she's not entitled to Mizoinus anymore. Now, obviously she would be entitled to. But she would not be entitled to. And therefore, that law is, that's all that she's allowed to get. One more Tashma. It was a mission earlier on that said, that's usually a katana, that's married, is not entitled to Mizoinus. So what does that mean? It can't be talking about a regular case where a katana is married, and that law is that she's not entitled to Mizoinus. A man, even if he's married to his wife, Midrabanan, is obligated to support her. So, what does it mean that a mamenes is Eilam Mazainis? It's talking about where the husband went to Medina Sayyam. Love, so she borrowed money. And she ate with the money that she borrowed. Then she did Mion. And then the husband came back. The Allah is the husband doesn't have to pay back this loan. Because once she does Mion, it's and therefore he has no responsibilities anymore. So the Gemara says, Time of the Mion. It sounds like the only reason he doesn't have to pay her is because she did Mion. But had she not done Mion, he would have to 
pay her. Why does he have to pay her? I thought that a man that goes to Medina Sayyam, we assume that his wife was taken care of before he left. Bezdin is not Yorid L'Nechasov, and so too, if she would borrow money, you would think he's not responsible when he comes back. To have to pay the loan, but the Gemara says, Amal Shmuel will tell you this case is different. Why? Because what are you worried about? Are you worried about Tsrari? Tsrari Laktana Lay Being that she's a Ketana, we're talking about a Mamenes. So the Metsias is that people usually didn't leave a Tsrari with a Ketana. And you worried that maybe he said, Ordinarily, when it comes to a Ketana, it's Lay Safka, and it's for that she usually doesn't make enough money for the man to be able to say, Sometimes, yeah, like we saw in Amad Aleph, but usually not. And therefore, it's not a real chash, and because it's not a real chash, so therefore, this is not going to be a problem. So the bottom line is, Machlik is Rav and Shmuel regarding a man that went to Medina Sayyam, he left over a wife, she wants mezoinus. Is best in poisik mezoinus lechazish or not? Rav said, yeah. Shmuel said, not. Why would Shmuel say not? The Gemara said two reasons. Rav Zvid's reason and Rav Papa's reason. Rav Zvid said because maybe he left her money before he left. Rav Papa said maybe and even if you hold a man can force a woman to accept that arrangement, maybe she accepted. And it makes sense that that, that might be what happened. The Gemara said that being that the whole Yisoyed of Shita Shmuel was based on a chashash of Tzrari and based on a chashash of maybe he said it's for that reason Shmuel Shmita will not be applicable in all cases. The most notable case is At that point both chashashas are not applicable and as a result in that case Shmuel would agree that Poiskim is Another example we saw was a Yavam. A Yavam that was Omad Bedinu Barach, their best thing would be Yorid Lenechasov to support the woman, because both of these Cheshashas are not applicable. Another example, which also was the Mamenes, who his husband went to Medina Sayyam, she borrowed, she ate, and she did Miyun. Over there too, there's no Cheshash. So once you understand Shmuel Shita, you can come up with cases where Shmuel Salacha would not be applicable, which was very much the avoid of today's daf. Because really, there's Mishnah, and after Bryce, after Bryce, after Mishnah, after Bryce, that seems to contradict Shmuel Shita. But once we understand that Shmuel Shita is not always applicable, so then we can appreciate why there's so many examples of where Shmuel's halacha does not seem to be true. Zakti Gemara, after a long daf, my havi Allah. What's the bottom line? Do we pass him like Rav, or do we pass him like Shmuel? Zakti Gemara, Kiyos Rav Dimi, Yomar Rav Dimi came from Eretz Yisrael to Bavar, he said the following, There was a story that came to Rabbi in Beisharm, and he allowed a married woman to get Mezoinus from her husband. In the exact same story came to Rabbi Yishmol and he did not allow her to get Mezoinus. So Rabbi Yechonon heard that Rabbi Yishmol didn't allow this married woman to get Mezoinus. He was very disturbed. Why would Rabbi Yishmol have not allowed her to get Mezoinus? And he said it with a cash. The whole machlokes in our Mishnah between the Bnei Kiyam Gedolim and Hanan was Elin Whether the woman has to swear it when she gets Mezoinus. But everybody agrees that she's entitled to Mezoinus. What was Rabbi Yechonon's kasha? The first kasha of the Gemara. The kasha from Unzer the Mishnah. We're coming full circle here. Amalei Rav Shemim Barabba. Rav Shemim Barabba was there and he told Rabbi Yechonon, Rabbeinu Shmuel himself already answered this question. He said the Mishnah that says she's allowed to get is Kishishavu by Shemais. It's talking about when we heard he died. Amalei Rabbi Yechonon heard the Teretz. The Teretz literally was the chorus of today's daf. Kishishavu by Shemais. And when he heard this, he said, Pasrisa Wow, Shmuel went to such great lengths to be mefarish 
the Mishnah. He didn't like Teretz. This was like a rhetorical line. It was Lashem Bitmiya. He said, that's the Mishnah? That doesn't sound like that's what the Mishnah is talking about. The Mishnah is very straightforward. The Mishnah. Why would you make such an akim to This is where Rav Dimi reported back. He said, this was the exchange that happened in Eretz Yisrael. Meaning, Rabbi Yochanan liked Rav Shita, not Shmuel Shita. The Gemara says, Ravin, when he came from Eretz Yisrael to Vavel, so he reported back a similar story, but an, as in so many Gemaras, a little different. The only difference is the names are reversed. So when Ravin came, Amr, he said, there was a story that came to Rebbe and Beisharim, so in the first story, Rebbe was Pasakla, here Rebbe was Loi Pasakla. Then it came Lefnei Rebbe Shal, but Tzipayri came to Rebbe Shmal and Tzipayri, who Pasakla Mazayinus, and he was Pasakla Mazayinus. He didn't say Rabbeinu Shmuel. Why you went to such a kintus? Okay, bottom line, the hilchasa kavase the rav. The halachas like rav upoiskin mezoynois leishes. We had to go through all these shenuya dechiki to explain shita shmuel. So it makes smoid mestaber why the gemara would come out of maskano. That talachas like Rav, the hilchas of kavasi to Ravuna Merav. And by the way, while we're on this topic, talachas like Ravuna Merav, the Amar Ravuna Merav, Ravuna Merav said, "Yechayla Eisha Shatoyim Labayla." A woman can tell her husband, "Eini Nisnoynis Veini Yoyisa." I don't want you to support me, and I don't want to give you my ma'isi adayim. The hilchas of kavasi to Rav Zvid. And once we're talking about hilchases, talachas also like Rav Zvid. So we had Rav Zvid earlier in the da, but this is a completely different Rav Zvid. The Allah is like Rav Zvid regarding a kunya. So what is a kunya? Um, Rav, Zvid. Rav Zvid said, Hani mani de kunya. These kalim of kunya. So Rashi says, these were earthenware kalim that were covered with lead. Now the Allah is that if an earthenware kalim becomes not kosher, for example, you cook something not kosher in it, you have to destroy it. You can't be toivo but these earthenware kalim were covered with lead. And the question was, do we say that the lead protects the cheres underneath it from being boilea? And therefore, it would be muttered to use it, albeit with tefillah. So let's say uh, nesach was poured into it, or Rashi says you cooked chametz in it, whatever the case was. But the point is, you use it for something not kosher, you want to be it now. If you look at it as a klicheres, which is really what it is, there's no way to use it. You can't be metire it. However, if you say that being that the covering is made of lead, so maybe it would be okay. So Rav Zvid said as follows, the chevori v'uchmi, the ones that are covered with white and black lead, sharu, those you can be toivel. Because that lead protects the underlying klicheres. Yeruki, if it's the green covering, I see it's going to be awesome. So you had to be there to fully appreciate this. But this is what Rav Zvid said. V'loy amonon, however, Rav Zvid added, el deleslu kartufni. The only time the chevori and the uchmi amutter is if there's no cracks in the lead. Cracks inside them for sure. We assume that something seeped into the klicheres. The klicheres was by Leia. Once it's by Leia, there's no way to be matired unless you destroy it. That's going to be the law. By the way, just to speak out, Ashas, why did the Gemara conclude with these? Three random halachas. We just learned to fest in Ted Sugya with regards to Paiskim Mazainus Laishas Ishanat, and we ended up talking about a klicheres that's covered with green lead. Like, what does this have to do with today's daf? Oh, because we mentioned this is the halacha, so therefore I'll tell you the whole Shulchan Aruch. So the Ritva speaks out here, something that the Rishonim speak out throughout Shas, I'm a good clown, and that is, Zokta Ritva, Pirish, Venaktinon Kechada, the reason we're mentioning all three of these halachas, because on the same day in Beis Medrash, they pass and they were machriya, these three shailas. So in order to fully appreciate this, we would have to go through 
to understand the way that Amayram used to learn. But very often, there would be a bunch of different shilas that were floating around, and Nimnu Vagamru today, three halachas, it's true, random halachas, but three different halachas, and being that all three of these halachas were gepaskint in one sitting, so therefore the Gemara mentions them bevasachas. This is something that comes up very often. Either way, as it relates to just one short ha'ara, that is, again, going back to the sugya and Dav Kuf Gimel and Dav Kuf Dalet, B'Shas P'tirosoy Shalrebi. I just want to mention again something that we spoke about very, very quickly when we went through the Dav. But in light of the fact that today is the yard site of the Heilig Chesam Soifer, Chof Hei Tishrei. So just speak out one ha'ara from the Chesam Soifer in that sugya. The in base medrash Chedesh. So Rabbi Huda Hanasi, before his Ptira, so he called his sons into his room and he gave them final instructions. And then he called the Chachmi Yisrael into his room and he gave them final instructions. And one of the things that Rabbi Huda Hanasi said was that I want you to be maspid me. However, it should only last for 30 days. But after 30 days, and the background to this instruction is a Gemara in Mesechtes Ma'ikot and Davchav Beis, where the Gemara says that when the Nasi dies, they would close the yeshivas. Everybody, even the Bnei Torah, would mourn the fact that the Nasi had passed away. So Rabbi Yehuda Nasi said that, I understand that after my Ptira, this is what you're going to do. However, it should be with a Gvul. And after 30 days, you should make sure that there's going to be yeshivas again. So the Gemara says, why? Why did Rabbi Yehuda Nasi say that you should put a cap on the Avelos of 30 days. So the Gemara said, The reason is, Rabbi Yudha Nasi said, because I don't want that the Avelos over my Ptira should be more than the Avelos over the Ptira of Moshe Rabbeinu. The Pasuk says by Moshe Rabbeinu, And being that that's what they did for 30 days, I don't want that my Avelos should be more than 30 days either. He says, I don't understand. What was the Havamina that Klai Yisrael would have mourned Rabbi Yudha Nasi more than they mourned Moshe Rabbeinu. If Moshe Rabbeinu, who was the greatest of all the leaders that we ever had, we mourned for 30 days, then Kamuvin, we wouldn't mourn Rabbi Yehuda Nasi more than that. So why did Rabbi Yehuda Nasi, as one of his final instructions in his tzava, have to be, isn't it obvious that Rabbi Yehuda Nasi was not greater than Moshe Rabbeinu. And as a result, why would you think that there should be a velos of Nyoser Mishloi Shem Yoyim? Zok Tehel Gechsam Soifer. The reason that Rabbi thought that he had to address this and make it clear that there shouldn't be a velos for more than 30 days is because you could have thought the Rabbi Shloi Hiniach Acharov Shnei Yisnachamu Anshei Doiroi Kemoshe Hiniach Moshe Rabbeinu Yeshua benun v'skenen. Because Rabbi Yehuda Anasi, when he passed away, he didn't leave after him the gedolim on the caliber that Moshe Rabbeinu did. Valkane, and therefore you would have thought that Roy Sheaspido or Rabbi Yosef. That's for that reason, maybe we should be maspid Rabbi Yehuda Anasi more than we were maspid Moshe Rabbeinu. 
Not because Rabbi Yehuda Nasi was greater than Moshe Rabbeinu. Not mitzad the gavra Rabbi Yehuda Nasi versus the gavra Moshe Rabbeinu. But because of the matzav that was left behind after the ptira of Rabbi Yehuda Nasi versus the matzav that was left behind after the ptira of Moshe Rabbeinu. Okay, no, man, that's why Rabbi Yehuda Nasi had to address it. And he said, Afilu hachi. It's not covered for Moshe Rabbeinu. And if Vayivku B'nei Yisrael, as Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe Rabbeinu, so it's not Pakovedik to mourn me, said Rabbi Yudha Nasi, more than 30 days either. But what would have been the Havamina that you should mourn Rabbi Yudha Nasi more than we mourn Moshe Rabbeinu? It's not because Rabbi Yudha Nasi was greater than Moshe Rabbeinu. It's not the match. It's the massive. Because after the Ptira of Rabbi Yudha Nasi, the world was left in a state with a hefzid that was much worse than it was after the Ptira of Moshe Rabbeinu. You have to be the Chassam Soifer to say this. But this is what the Chassam Soifer said, Bedvar Vaktoshin. So he said, and for that reason, you would have thought that maybe the Avelu should be greater as well. Kamash Malon, that it's not Pakavadig. And if Moshe Rabbeinu was only mourned for 30 days, it's for that reason we're only going to mourn Rabbi Yudha Nasi more than 30 days either. The Emma says, if you go vite in the Gemara, so the Gemara said they listened to Rabbi Yudha Nasi. And after 30 days, they were Hoshev Yeshiva. But the Gemara says that. For the first 30 days, Softu be a mom of Alelio. They were masbid Rabbi Yudanasi during the day and at night. This was round the clock. Mikan ve'elach, after 30 days, Softu be a mom. They would be masbid Rabbi Yudanasi during the day. Vigarsi Belayla. Then they would learn Torah at night. Oi, Softu Belayla. They would be masbid him at night. Vigarsi be a mom. They would learn during the day. This went on for 12 months. Ad the Safti, Trace, Yarchi, Shasa, until 12 months were completed. The Samsoifer says that that you don't find by Moshe Rabbeinu. You don't find that they were masked with Moshe Rabbeinu for 12 months. That was something they only did for Rabbi Yehuda Anasi. And the reason is because of this idea that the Matziv was worse in the world after the Ptira of Yudha Nasi than it was after the Ptira of Moshe Rabbeinu. And it's for that reason they continued to be masked with him Albeit not be imam of Vilelia for a period of time for 12 months. And the Chassam Saif is masbid this part of it as well. And he says, Pshat, based on the Gemara, Masech des Brachis, Daf Mem Beis Amad Beis. The Gemara tells the story of the Ptira of Rav. So the great Amir Rav passed away. And the Gemara says, Kinach Nafshi the Rav, after Rav was Nifter, so Ozlu Talmida Basre, the Talmidim, went to the Levaya. Obviously, Kihadri, they were returning from the Levaya. Amri, they said, Nezul Venecha Lachma Dahar Danak. Let's go to the river of Danak and let's sit down and let's break bread. So they sat together. They're literally on the way back from the Levaya of the great Rav. Basa the Karchi, after they ate, Yasfi Vekami Bailu, they had a question. Meaning, what happened was they were all sitting together and they wanted to know if one person could be moitzi everybody with Birchas HaMazon or not. Now the background is a Mishnah and Perakatsam of Archim that says that if a group of people eat together, the Haseba, one person is able to be moitzi everybody else. They had eaten together, but they didn't eat Be'aseba. And because they didn't eat Be'aseba, so the question was, could one person be moitzi or not? So they, they had the following question. It says that if everyone eats together Be'aseba, so then one person can be moitzi everybody else. But if they didn't eat Be'aseba or not, or being that, even though we didn't eat Be'aseba, but we had specifically been where we were going to eat and 
eat together, is the equivalent of sitting by Hasebo, and therefore one person could be mighty everybody. So the Gemara says, have be a They didn't know. They didn't know Pshan in this Mishnah. Come who was one of the Talmudim of Rav got up, he had rice Kriya over his Rebbe. And the Kriya was on the front of his Gulf. It was exposed to everybody. So he took his shirt and he flipped it around. And then he tore Kriya again. Omar, he said, Rav. Rav literally just passed away. And we already have such a Shiloh. We already don't know a halacha in the sugyas of Ketz and Mavarchim, something that children know. Until Al Yahanavi came, he asked the steer between a Mishnah and a Braisa, and he explained to them, he told them what the answer was. You see in this Gemara that after the fear of Rab, when the Talmudim realized that they were lacking in learning, so it caused them, it triggered another Avelos. When they chapped the hefzit of Torah that they had lost, so it caused them to come to a situation where suddenly they had a rice Kriya and the Avelos started all over again. So the Chassam Seifer said that's exactly what took place in this Gemara in Ksubah's Tafkuf The Gemara says they mourned Rabbi Yehuda Nasi for 30 days. Because they were told, don't mourn him for more than 30 days. After 30 days, You know what happened? They sat down during the day to learn. And they were learning and they were learning and they realized they had kashas. They realized that there was so much that they didn't have. And they understood that they didn't have the Rebbe anymore to explain to them. So you know what they did? They started mourning. Like Rav Adam got up and he writes Kriya when he realized that he didn't have his Rebbe Rav anymore to be pushed at the Shailas. So then what they did was they were masked through the night. And then the next morning they got up and they learned again. And then they chapped again. They had Shailas. And this continued going on and on at Yud Beis Chodesh. And then Yud Beis Chodesh they stopped. Oh, but that's the Oymik and what's going on in this Gemara. The Havamin of why you would have thought that the Avelis for Yudha Nasi should be greater than the Avelis for Moshe Rabbeinu is not because Yudha Nasi was greater than Moshe Rabbeinu. But it's because of what the world was left with after the Ptira of Yudha Nasi versus what the world was left with after the Ptira of Moshe Rabbeinu. And what it was left with was such a you read the entire the, and said that's exactly what took place now for the next 11 months they would learn and they would realize what they forgot and there would be so I just thought it's Kedai for a, a moment to explain a little bit better just to appreciate what exactly it is the Chesam Soif is saying that the world had changed more dramatically after the Ptira of Rabbi Yudha Nasi versus after the Ptira of Moshe Rabbeinu. And I think it really goes to the core of Ksubestav Kuv Gimel, Ksubestav Kuv Dalin, and to a lot of the ensuing raid that we've been speaking about over the last few days, just to better appreciate why the Pshas Ptira Rabbi was such a monumental time in Jewish history. So we know Rabbi Yudha Nasi was the last of the Tanon. His Talmidim were the first generation of Damayram, Rav and Shmuel and Rabbi Yochanan. So that in and of itself gives you an idea of what the Arida in Torah was after the Ptira of Rabbi Udanasi. It literally shifted from the Tkufas Atanam to the Tkufas Amayram. What's the Merchak between the Tkufas Atanam and the Tkufas Amayram? It's Talmud Bavli 101. A Tana is mentioned in a Mishnah and a Braisa, and Amayram's job is to explain the Mishnah and the Braisa. Um, an Amoira can't argue with a Tana. If an Amoira says something and we find an Abrais and not like the Amoira, it's a bomb cash on the Amoira. So the Tana is of a much higher rank and file 
then an Amir is clearly implying that there was a Yerida from the door of the Tanam to the door of the Amirah. So just to, in a very, very simple terms, to explain what exactly happened after the Ptira of Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi, it went from the Tkufas HaTanam to the Tkufas HaMeirah. We know that Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi wrote the Mishnah. Why? Because he was already feeling in his door, he was experiencing that Torah was going to be forgotten. Why did he experience it? Not someone in a previous generation. There was a Yerida taking place. So there's a Yerida Sadoris of such epic proportions that Rabbi Yehuda Nasi Paskin, and even though but he's going to allow and he said, now we're going to write the Mishnah, meaning the fact that the Mishnah was written during that Kufa was not a sign of an Achshidara, to the contrary. It was a sign of, of a Shikha Satayra that was brewing. And it's for that reason he felt the only way Torah will be able to survive moving forward is if we're going to write the Torah Shabbat, even though you're not allowed to. But it's better to write the Torah Shabbat than not have the Torah Shabbat. And that's why he said, So this is now a Kufa where we're living through this Dar, where the G'daylem are experiencing this incredible Shikha Satayra that's, that's coming gives us an idea of what exactly is taking place. But I think that just to bring this point home in a very, very powerful way, is the Gemara in Mesechtis Sanhedrin and the Gemara is on Daf Tzadik Zayin Amad Aleph. It's also Gemara Mesechtis of the Zohar Daf Tess Amad Aleph. The Gemara says Tanad Velio. So we had Tanad Velio in yesterday's Daf. Tanad Velio, Shveches Alofim Shona Haviyama. The world was created for 6,000 years. Shnei Alofim Tayo. The first 2,000 years, the world was Tayo Beloy Tayo. Shnei Alofim Tayo. The next 2,000 years, Tayo. Shnei Alofim Yemaisa Mashiach. And the final 2,000 years were Yemaisa Mashiach. So the first 2,000 years, there was no Tayo in the world. In the year 2000, Rashi says, that's when Avram Avinu started going around and teaching the world Torah, and therefore there was Torah in the world. And then, from the year 4000 moving forward, that's the Yemar Samashir. Now Rashi speaks out that even though the Gemara says 2000 years of Toyu, 2000 years of Torah, and 2000 years of Yemar Samashir, and it would seem a little bit, like maybe in the last 2000 years there was talking no Torah, right? 2000 years Toyu. 2,000 years Torah, and then 2,000 years of Yemais HaMashiach. It sounds like the 2,000 years of Yemais HaMashiach really doesn't have any Torah in it. Of course, that's a mistake. Don't think that. Avad of the last 2,000 years has Torah as well. So what does it mean, the last 2,000 years of Yemais HaMashiach? In addition to it being a Zman of Torah, it's also a Zman of Yemais HaMashiach. So the first 2,000 years, the world was Torah. There was no Torah in the world. 2,000 years of Torah, not Yemois HaMashiach, and then 2,000 years of Torah and Yemois HaMashiach. But the Marsha, right here in Perak says not Mashma like Rashi. And really, the stimus haloshoin of the Tanit Velio is that each set of 2,000 years were unique. There's 2,000 years where the world is Torah below Torah. There's 2,000 years of Torah. And then there's 2,000 years where it's not Soyu Vavoyo, it's not like there's nothing there. There's also no Torah. What there is, is Yemais HaMashiach. As if to say, from the year 4000 moving forward, there was no Torah in the world. Zakti Marshal, what's Pshat? There is Torah in the world. We're in the year 5783, and there's Torah. So what does it mean there's no Torah? Zakti Marshal, it's what the Pasuk says, in Eicha Malka Vesareh Bagoyim, 
Ain't Taira. That when Klai Yisrael were taken into Galas, the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed. Ain't Taira. There was a tremendous Yerida of Taira in the world. The Vilna Gaon in Esfarim, in his Pirish on Aviz, and in his Pirish on Shir Ashirim, says that when the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed, we didn't just lose the Amud of Taira, we lost uh, the, the Amud of Avoida, we lost the Amud of Taira as well. That's why we say in Davening, Sheyubana Beis HaMikdash ben Herabi Amenu, the same Chalkeinu Besayra Secha. Because when the Beis HaMikdash is going to be rebuilt, it will no longer be Malka Besareb, Agoyim Ain Taira. So it's going to be not only that. We'll have the Avoida again, but it's going to be also the same Chalkeinu Secha. So when the Beis Hamikdash was destroyed, says the Marsha, not only did we lose Avoida, but we lost Torah as well. And because we lost the Amud of Torah, so therefore Chazal described the last two thousand years the Tkufa of Achar Churban Bayasheni as if it's a Tkufa below Torah. I'm afraid the Marsha there's a problem. You know what the problem is? If you do the math, the Beis HaMikdash was not destroyed in the year 4000. The Beis HaMikdash was destroyed 172 years before the year 4000. And if that's the case, Freyt the Marsha, so why is it that from the year 4000, there's no Taira? L'chayra, the ain't Taira should have started before the year 4000. Kuf ayin beishanim, before the year 4000, says the Marsha. It's still considered the years of Torah. Because there was still Tanam in the world. And there was still Yeshivas. Until Rabbi Udanasi died, the Gavara Golos and the Golos now started intensifying. The Rabuat Tsaros and the Tsaros of the Yidin started becoming incredibly difficult the kolu and that's when the yemei atayra came to an end and from that point on it's through the tzaris that Mashiach is now right to come and that's the man of chavli Mashiach so all the tzaris that caused the chikas atayra are precisely why it's Yemaisa Mashiach? Because Mashiach is going to come from his man of Tsaris. It's going to come from Hebel Mashiach. But that's a whole nother shmuz. It's true. If you do the math, Chorba Beis HaMikdash happened 172 years before the year 4000. So what happened for those 172 years? Why is there still Torah? Because there were yeshivas and it was the daughter of the Tanah. What happened in the year 4000? Petiras Rabbi. And when Rebbe passed away, that's when this incredible Eureka took place. That's when we went from being in a time with this Torah to now being in a time with this no Torah. I once heard from Rebbe Shua Abba Busel Shlita, he said that the Pasik says in the beginning of Parashas told us when Yaakov and Esau were born, so the Pasik says that Yaakov was v'yadoi oichezes ba'akev Esau. He was holding on to the Ekev of Esau. Ekev is bigamatria, Ekev, 172. Esav is the one that destroyed the second base Amikdash. And when Esav destroyed the second base Amikdash, he didn't only extinguish the fire of Avoida, but it was also the oil of the Torah. But like the Marsha says, that Yaakov guns it back. How many years? 172 years. Through the yeshivas. Through the fact that Yaakov Avinu was an Ishtam, that's a Yosef Ayhalim. That's the Yodah Yechezes Ba'akev Esav. He ganved back, Kuf Ayin Beishan, and he stole the 172 years. This Marsha right here in the Chdushi HaGadis. But the bottom line is, is you know what happened at the time of the Ptira of Rabbi Yudha Nasi? We went from the 2,000 years of Torah to suddenly we're going to Azman where now there's no Torah anymore. There's no Torah anymore. I once thought, there's a Medrash, it's an Eicha Rabbah. The, Medr- the Medrash says, Rabbi Yochanan, Habedar is shitin apin bebila Hashem v'loi 
v'loy chama. Rabbi Yochanan would say sixty pshatim in the pasuk, pasuk in Eichav. Bila Hashem v'loy chama. The Rebbe have a darish esrim va'arbo apin. Rebbe he would only darshan twenty four pshatim. V'loy the Rabbi Yochanan yeser al Rebbe. And the reason Rabbi Yochanan was able to say more pshatim was not because he was greater than Rebbe. El Rebbe al yadeisha yosamich lechurban abayis because he was closer to the churban. Hayaniskar he would remember vayudoresh ubaycha. The Gemara says a pshat. Why Rabbi Yochanan would darshan more pshatim than Rabbi? Rabbi would say sixty pshatim and bila Hashem v'lo yichamol. Rabbi Yehuda Nasni he would say only twenty four pshatim. Maybe the pshat is because when Rabbi was mourning Churban Beis Hamikdash, when he was mourning the bila Hashem v'lo yichamol, he was only mourning the fact that there was no amud avoda. But as long as Rabbi is alive, we had the Torah. But Rabbi Yochanan who came. After Rebbe, he's the next generation. He's already living in the first door of Damayram. He's already living in the Tkufa of Malka which means there was a Hisafa now in the Khorban. The Khorban is not just the Khorban of the Amuda Vaida, it's also a Khorban on the Amuda Taira. Because now it's a world of Malka Vesareb Agoyim Taira. So now that Mizogin met Taira. He said 24 pshatim. He's saying, Bil Hashem al-Chabal on the Churban of the Avoidah. He's living in the world of Ain't Torah. And Ain't Torah is because, like the Marsha says, Malka Vesareh Bagayim Ain't Torah. So he was Darashitin Apim Bil Hashem al-Chabal. He was mice of all these different pshatim. Why is he being mice of all these different pshatim? Because there was a Hisafa in the Churban. What? The Churban now was somehow Nishadish 172 years later? Yes. Because now the second Avoidah. The second Amud was extinguished because now we went from a world, we went from a world of Torah to a world of no Torah. But Al Kaponim, the Ptir of Rabbi Huda Anasi was a, a, was an event, and it was a turning point in Jewish history, from the most significant turning points in Jewish history, and that is the world went from being a world with Torah to being a world without Torah. How could you say that? How could you say the world went from being a place without Torah? We can't say it, but the Marsha said it. That's the Marsha and the Chedusha HaGadis, the Mesech the Sanhedrin, the Tzadik Zayin and Aleph. 2,000 years of Torah, 2,000 years of Torah, and then 2,000 years of Yemoysa Mashiach, 2,000 years of Tzoros, 2,000 years of Tzoros that are so terrible that it's difficult for us to have Torah on the level that we once had. But there's an achamah to that. It's also tsaras that are chavli Mashiach, which ultimately, if we do what we need to do, can bring Mashiach. But the point is, is that this all happened during the Petir of Yehuda Anasi. And it's Pasha to me, that's the oimik of the kavana of the Chassam Soifer. The Chassam Soifer said that Avada, Rabbi Yehuda Nasi wasn't greater than Moshe Rabbeinu. But at the same time, Rabbi Yehuda Nasi instructed the Olam. And he said that after my Ptira, you're going to mourn. There's going to be a spade in my understanding. And you're going to be tempted to mourn me more than Klai Yisrael, mourn Moshe Rabbeinu Ba'arvas Moyev. Frank the Chassam Soifer, how could you have such a Havamino? How can there ever be a Havamino that we would put that we would mourn Rabbi Yudha Nasi more than we mourn Moshe Rabbeinu. Look at the world post the Ptira of Moshe Rabbeinu and look at the world post the Ptira of Yudha Nasi. After the Ptira of Moshe Rabbeinu, there was Yeshua ben Nun, there were the Skenim, the Yidim were entering Eretz Yisrael, they were going into the, the promised land, into a utopian existence. 
after the Ptira of Rabbi Yudan Nassim, the Yidah were going into a bitter Golos. It was the end of the Tkufa Satanoim. It was a Zman where they felt, Rabbi Yudan Nassim did, that there was going to be a tremendous Shikha Satayra to the point that he said, now's the time to write the Torah Shabbat And we went into the 2,000 years of Tsaris, which are so profound that we're living the world of Malka Vesareh Bagoyim in Torah. A Tkufa, where now Rabbi Yochanan has another 36 Pshatim in Bila Hashem because there's such a chiddus, such a hisafa in the churban. That all happened when and because it all happened there would have been a havamina ben benoishal havamina that maybe we should mourn the ptira of Rabbi more than we mourn the ptira of Moshe Rabbeinu and Rabbi Yudan Nasni we toich goydel an vesenusoi mishemes Rabbi Batlanova so the Rabbi said I understand and it's true and be'etzem mitzad the matzav in the world now post my ptira that's really the way we should approach it but it's not respectful if Klai Yisrael the Torah is may it only mourned Moshe Rabbeinu for 30 days you can't mourn me for more than 30 days either. Either way, we're learning this sugya of the Shaz Pti Rosay Shorebi. That's what it is. It's a sugya. But we can appreciate a little bit what happened after the Ptira of Rebbe. And maybe that's why there's such a, an arichas here in Chazal about the Shaz Pti Rosay Shorebi. Because this is not just a Maisa Shahoya Kachoya with Gishmaka Agada to that bring us a lot of Gishmaka Ray. But really, what this Maimid was, this was a, a turning point in Jewish history. It was literally, literally turning the page into the world and the existence that we've been living in for so long. I think that's the beer, Amok, in the words of the Heilige Chsam Seifer and the Schos of the Torah Chsam Seifer. We should be zoicha to schuse yagen aleinu and chitaka lead us to Mashiach Tzedkenu and Herbi Amenu Amen.